you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm here with uh, Mary Zornazzi, whose film My Rambetica Blues uh, just finished up playing at the L.A. Greek Film Festival. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, it's great. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So I, the, the Greek festival, this was, a this was new to me. I hadn't been, I hadn't been exposed to it before. So I had a friend reached out to me to see if I would cover uh, some films. And I, I was a bit blown away about like the, the sheer amount of films one, I thought it would be a much smaller festival and, and then just the quality of it. I was, this is a festival I want to, I want to travel to in person, you know, next year when things yeah. open up, but um, yours was one that caught my eye immediately just because I had never heard of this kind of music before. Uh, and, you know, I'm a huge music fan, but I was not, not aware of this. And I, you know, immediately after I watched the trailer, I knew I was going to love it. The music just had such a beautiful and haunting um, feel to it. And then I, I'm a high school teacher. I think, I don't know if I was telling you this. <clears throat> I was, um, the day after I watched the documentary, I just put on a playlist at work of a uh, Rambetica and the kid, like, you know, the kids seemed to, they didn't complain. They were asking me like, where is it? Where is this from? Like, what's the background? And they seem well, to enjoy it. And um, yeah, yeah, so it was just a really cool experience to find something completely new that I had never heard of or never been aware of. So thank mm. you for making the film. It was a wonderful, wonderful documentary. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I guess my question is, so I, I mean, you have, you kind of express it in the documentary. You're, you're kind of going about finding uh, like the roots of your family and kind of going, mm. going back to the, the towns where your, your parents were from, um, you know, a very personal quest uh I'm, I'm just wondering when did it become an idea to let's make a film about this i think this could be really really eye-opening for people yeah no thank you for the question well it was an interesting experience because i had never actually heard of the music before myself even though being greek and i was watching uh there's a very classic um greek film called rambetico um by costas ferris and i that had nothing to do with thinking about making a film at all um, I was watching this film and I, you know, the first two minutes of it had the music, it had this scene in um, Turkey and all of a sudden I just, I had all these goosebumps and I froze and I had to turn it off. And it was at that moment that I knew something, it was like I had lived what the music was was doing and, and I'd lived in that time and I realised how powerful the music is but also something to do with memory and our, and, and how you know, music can can convey experience that you may or may not even be aware of. So it was to do with that immediate response. And then later on, when I was in Greece filming my first, first film, Dogs of Democracy, um, which is about the stray dogs of Athens, which is it. But I was there and it was at the height of the um, Syrian refugee crisis for the American audiences. Um, you would have heard about, you know, the huge amount of influx from the Syrian civil war. And there was like about 1, 1.5 million people who came through. And there was a story about um, Greeks and Syrians dancing to the Rambetica. And I thought, wow, you know, how music, not only can it convey your history and your, your own experience, but it can bring people together just 
you know, regardless of your identity and your nationality and the importance of, of that experience. And so what I wanted to tell was how my own history in terms of the music and travelling and the quest and discovering what Rembetica was or is, but also how music is a very powerful agent to um, connect us regardless of social history, class, that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what was so impressive about the the, the music is that it, it broke down all these different kinds of barriers um, and it really did, you know, specifically to that area, but really like the human condition worldwide. I think it it spoke to a, a lot of that. And, um, you know, I don't you know, I don't speak the language, but just, you know, when you when you see the the lyrics and the translation, you're like, oh, my oh, my gosh, this is almost like like punk rock, you know, like it had. Yeah. this. <laughs> well, no, it, no, it is. And it's interesting because I it's exactly that. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, when you're making a film all the time, you know, you, you end up having to cut scenes out because, you know, the film ends up being, you know, hours and hours long. But there was one person I interviewed who was a wonderful guy in Italy, actually. So this was a thing that the music kind of had travelled everywhere. And one of his first um, responses to one of the the, the patriarchs of the music, a, a guy called Marcos Femvacaris, was that he was a punk musician because he was really um, doing this, the beat. And so I think there is something in that. And and, I mean, there is always a reference to Rambetica in relationship to the blues. And, and why it's it's connected like that is because it's telling stories of people's um, experience and hardship and outcastness and exile and all of that. So it's, it's telling stories of yearning and loss but also hope, and I think that's where the correlation is. The actual sound, uh, I think, in, in some ways is quite different, but the actual experience um, and the beats. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was so I I was uh I love the the segment of the film where you have the uh, the drummer from uh, the Bad Seeds. I, yeah. I'm just curious. So, so I find, his name slips my mind, but how did you um, find him and, and get involved with him? Because it sounds like he was going through kind of a similar yeah. quest um, yeah. as you were from on a familial level. But then he he's this musician and he's, you know, like such an eager student, which was I love seeing how the humility that he had and. Um, yeah. just wanted to be he wanted to learn the music from um, the older gentleman so just so incredible yeah so it's Jim Sklavunos so he is yeah he's one of the bad seeds Nick Cave and the bad seeds and I met him really through reading he he'd wrote he'd um, written an article in uh, the Guardian about uh, Rebetica some time ago and it was just somebody had invited him to just sketch out the music so he had done that and I was just intrigued um, and I contacted him and I, I spoke to him about interviewing him for the film and, you know, he agreed because of his own interest. And, of course, one of the things, because the, the aim of the film is to explore, I guess, a, a very personal but universal story insofar as people's experience of, of, of leaving home, you know, whatever that is, whether it's it's being forced out of a country, whether it's just being forced from... The, the, you know, from a country town to the city, all of that sense of, of being displaced. And Jim's background is American, is Greek, Greek Italian. Um, and he, you know, he had a very similar tale as, as all of us, I think, who are not just Greek, but who are other kind of displaced people. The, the story is the same. And what was beautiful about Jim was I had asked him, um, you know, whether he would do a jam, because one of the things I did in the film was sort of bring people together to do jams 
uh, in ways that maybe they had never done um, this music before and just to experience it. And he said, yeah, um, but I want to do it properly. And then he um, got me in touch with Stelios Vendokaris, who's the son of uh, Marcos, the biggest uh, musician in Greece. And that was a really beautiful experience to watch them together and, you know, to also have the uh, privilege to also meet Stelios. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's that's so incredible. I mean, yeah. I, I guess any documentary film, it is is like it's kind of unraveling as it goes. But I, I felt that more so with this even because you you were just going there and kind of like where it led you was where um, you went next. So it was it was incredible to follow you along that journey. And um, just, you know, I, th I think sometimes often, I mean, I can only speak from an American point of view, but sometimes from, from my perspective, um, I think a, a three generations back uh, Swedish, I know very, very little about, about that, but I have found like the, the more I, as I get older, I, I do, you know, try to discover more things and how it does genetically pass through you. Some of these elements or something seems familiar. And then you look into that, um, and it's, it's quite incredible. And I mean, I think you definitely, uh, captured that well in the film. So it, it made me more curious about my own background, which I know very, very little about. So I just wanted to thank you for that. It's such a cool, um, you know, journey that you went upon to, to find that. So, yeah, but just saying, thank yeah. you. For that. <laughs> well, no, well, I, I'm glad that it, it spoke that way because one of the, I mean, what I was really hoping in this film was using my character. Like I, I feel my, you know, I see myself as a character in the film as I, as I, um, I'm sort of influenced by, I guess, Agnes Varder and her filmmaking. And she always talks about in the past about how when she works with films, she uses herself as a character and you use yourself as a character to just help connect the audience to a story that is much bigger than you or anchor, you know, the audience in so they can follow you and, and be, you know, um, intrigued with all of your explorations because I think not only is it that sort of personal experience that touches other people, which I'm so pleased to hear, it's also that it's telling a story about histories that, um, you know, we may have never also heard about. Um, sure. I know a lot of people had never heard about yeah. the Smyrna disaster in Turkey in 1922 and all of this stuff that, is that was actually a very, very big event, event post-World War I and perhaps one of the biggest um, dis human displacements at that time. And it's just interesting how history kind of forgets itself but then repeats, you know. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's also a, a film to try to connect us to um, history but also to, you know, as you had mentioned earlier, our humanness, you know, what actually makes us human, what, what makes us go beyond our conflicts and our... Um, you know, uh, ridiculous national boundaries that we sure. create. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm curious. Um, so we're, we're finally kind of getting out of the season of virtual film festivals. And while I, I mean, there's, it's been unfortunate that so many filmmakers like yourself, we can't come and meet personally, yeah. but at the same time, um, and then the, you know, this one definitely um, checks the boxes on this, the Greek festival just it was it was so affordable and it was going on for you know most of the month of may and so much more of an audience i'm sure had the opportunity to to catch the film yeah. or, or all the films that were at the festival so um i'm curious i've been talking to a lot of filmmakers uh since the end of last year doing you know doing the festival circuit 
Mm-hmm. Um, when when did you shoot the film, and when did it? Yeah. Were you kind of completing it with editing, and then how did COVID impact yeah. that whole process? Yeah, look, I the film um, <clears throat> was four years in the making, so I started uh, filming probably early 2017, um, and the storyline kind of shifted quite a lot over that period of time. But I finished the last shooting, so I had had done a rough cut in 20. Um, 18, 2019, I changed it again. And then I decided I needed to go to Turkey and Egypt to tell my story, which became the anchor of the film. I just finished that in February 2020. So I got back and I recut the film all through that year. Um, And in a way it was my saving grace, I have to say, because I wasn't thinking about distribution or festivals at that time. I was just thinking about, creating and, and and I was creating this world where I had control, whereas everything else around, you know, with COVID was out of control. So it was like, it's my COVID film. It was what kept me sane because I could, I could, you know, still visit these worlds and still feel I was connected, even though I was incredibly isolated. And my editor and I had to do um, probably two thirds of it via Zoom because he couldn't oh, be wow. with me and that was that was a real experience it was difficult <laughs> i couldn't hear things he'd have to send it back to me i mean the technology would drop out i mean it was it was a bit of a nightmare but we were both dedicated to trying to get the film but to answer another part of your question i guess you know it's great that the film can be seen by so many people that's wonderful but i also because it's a music film i work so the music such an important that the um not only the Rambetica itself, but the soundtrack, which I, I made with a really um, wonderful Greek composer. And I worked with a really great sound engineer to mix it. And it sounds fantastic in 5.1 and I want to be in a theatre <laughs> with people to hear the 5.1 because it's just, I mean, we did some amazing, uh, the stereo is great and it sounds great, but yeah. when you're in the theatre with the 5.1, it will blow your mind because of all of the elements that yeah. we have you know so well, I, i'm, I'm hoping know. um is, is it playing at any any other upcoming festivals um that we could well i've entered of? it yeah i've entered it in quite a quite a few but you know the the um the deadlines are sort of you know change and i haven't i i, I know one that's it's going to be the nevada women's film festival in nevada um okay. But there's several others in the US that I'm just waiting to to kind of hear back on. But in Australia and in the UK, yeah. And seems to me most of them are being hybrid right now. So. Yeah, yeah, which I think, like, you know, in some, in some respects that could be something positive that comes out of this whole experience is kind of doing both. You have, like, you have the personal, you know, yeah. in person, and then we have people from all over the world being exposed to the films. Um, yeah, and and Nevada, that's not far for me, so I could I could make it down there for that. Yeah, one. I think I think it's going to be virtual though in Nevada. Oh, no. as well. Yeah, I don't think it seems to me that maybe it's more towards the end of the year where mm-hmm. where cinemas in the US are certainly here as well. Yeah, yeah, we're doing Brook Brooklyn um, Film Festival. I think it's ah. next next week, and they're doing both. They're doing a hybrid, so they're doing oh, in person. Nice. And um, I don't know all the restric- restrictions. I'm not going to make it in person for that one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like for filmmakers i think i think like you know i've come to a whole new appreciation i'm sure you could speak to this about being especially a documentary film i love seeing with an audience yeah um, and going through that and i just feel like when you go with friends um the conversations are are, for me are so much more rich with a documentary and just like you know it's educational it's entertainment it's it's all it's everything and um 
yeah, I want to hear that music in that in that yeah. form now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, it was such a thrill to get to because we worked really hard because music, as I said, obviously is the story, but it's also part of the experience, you mm-hmm. know. And and the composer I worked with, Konstantinos Vita, his um, so his music is quite modern in a sense, but but actually it's the melody that he's working with is a rambetica melody. So it's mm-hmm. it's you know he carry it carries the film, and I and I want. You know, I want audiences to share that that experience, which mm. is powerful. You know, so yeah. I mean, maybe if you've got your headphones on, listening to it um, on a computer or something, yeah. maybe you get a similar feel. Yeah, yeah. it's it sounded pretty good. I had some good headphones on my Bluetooth, and I listened to it, and yeah. you know, I was I was enjoying it, but still, you yeah. know. So hopefully, but there there's going to be some in person screenings in the future. Um, I hope so. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure yeah, there yeah. will. And I think like, I would hope that this this um, the genre of music just is like kind of blows up as as far as exposure you know yeah. because like i said i had never heard of it before um so it, it's well you all... have actually in, in the sense that which is one of the parts of the film that i don't want to give away too much but uh-huh. i think the rhythm of it people would be familiar with which sure. through, um pop fiction that kind of thing but oh yeah yeah, yeah it's history yeah. yeah, it's roots people aren't aware of. Yeah, yeah, um, very cool. So I, I did want to talk because um, you, you did make a film about uh, the the stray dogs in Athens. So I yeah. I, re- I really want to see that because last night I actually watched um, there was a a, fi- a film of the of the same subject oh, matter. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, yes. So um, <laughs> I watched that last night, and I just had. I've never been to Greece, so I was mm. a bit blown away. So maybe if you don't mind speaking a bit about about your oh, film yes. and the process yeah, of yeah. that, and you know where people can find it, if if you know if we can if yes. we can view it. Yeah, yeah, it's available um, on uh, Vimeo in the US through my distributor there, and um, I'm most happy to send you also a copy to watch. Um, yeah, look, I made that film in. Um, I filmed it between 2014 to 2017, so it was a film about the stray dogs of Athens. So I tell a story about um, the people who actually looked after the the animals, but there was a hero dog as well called Lukanikos, um, and he uh, was one of the dogs that would turn up to all of the anti-austerity protest marches. So the film was a way of trying to tell a story about um, the Greek economic crisis through um, the eyes of the dog in a, dogs in a sense and through the people who were looking after them. And it became then um, this story about everyday life in Athens and how things were unfolding, um, as well as the care and the community that was that was going on. Um, and that film was, yeah, it was a very interesting, because that was actually my first time going to Greece. So it was a really, yeah. I mean, and I am Greek and I, I'd never been there before. So it was an, an eye-opener to me to kind of, go there and then and actually the the real inspiration for the film the very starting point was I'd gone there and I saw this dog his name is Anglikas which is means sweetie in Greek and I saw him lying over these sort of marble steps um, outside of the Grand Britain Hotel and I thought he was dead (laughs) and I thought oh my god these people that you know all the stories are true they don't (laughs) care about anybody they you know they're they're they're, And then I found out actually he was well and alive and fat and he had been, you know, and people were feeding him. And that was then that was the intrigue. Like, wow, these these animals are just, they're a community of animals who are uh, trying to be protected, but not always successful. Not, I mean, sure. but yeah, so. I was just I was I have three dogs. I'm a big dog person, and I like I, yeah, you know, and and they're all rescues. Pretty 
within the last two years and like just i was sitting there with one of my dogs watching this and i finally had to put headphones on this one because they were getting yeah. distracted and barking but yeah just, yeah. just how you know neurotic <laughs> my dogs are and i think it's clearly a reflection of, on me i you know because these dogs it these stray dogs in athens um from from my impression you know they struggle sure but the the grit yeah. and calmness that they yeah. have is there's a incredible. Real, yeah there's a real sense and and you'll see in my film um which is kind of it's, it's a predecessor of the one I think that's out now. Um, you see the characters, you'll see the dogs walking across the street, and you'll see um, you know how they're they they obey the street, you know how to cross the street, and and they are like citizens in the sense that people in Athens at least um, see them as just part of the the culture, whereas tourists and things freak out like they think oh my god you know um they don't realize that it's integrated and i think that's the other interesting part you know um but yeah i i it that was a real joy uh and a discovery also so i'll be very happy to send that to you yes please send that to me and i'll make sure and put a link um for our listeners to to yeah screen that as well so yeah um let's see i i always uh, kind of a silly question but i like to ask documentary filmmakers this uh, when do you know when a documentary is done? Huh. <laughs> yeah, well, that is such an interesting question because I had this this particular film took three or four iterations of editing, like, you know, full feature length movie. And I was convinced I'd finished it in August last year. I was sure I had finished it. And I knew I knew in my heart there was something wrong. Like I knew that the beginning, was something wrong with the beginning, but I couldn't, I'd worked so hard and I couldn't face it. Um, and I remember we sent, the producer and I sent the film to our Australian distributor and he, he said, look, you know, it's really interesting, it's great, but the first 15 minutes, uh, you know, are not, are not really working. And it was at that point that I realised I had to actually recut the film and, mm. and make it, a, a story that um, could could captivate people immediately. You know, it wasn't there, and so I think it's. I think the point is where you realise um, that you don't feel that doubt. I suppose where you know that actually what you feel intuitively is correct is the time it's finished. And I knew in August last year it wasn't. So to have somebody else tell me it was like. It was really hard. Like I had to drag myself because I was so tired from the film. Like it, I mean, I did everything. I wrote it. I directed it. I mean, I worked with an editor, but I did everything. And I was just so tired. And then to hear that and go, okay, and then retell it. And then I knew it was right. Um, so I think it's an intuitive thing. I think it's something that at some point you know you've done what you can. I mean, you never, you never I suppose, do I mean, you can always change things and make things. But I think there's a moment where you go, yeah, that's it. That, that's what that's the story that needs to be told here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a beautiful film and it, it engaged me immediately. And, you know, it's something I would definitely come back to. Um, so I, I definitely want people to check out uh, my Rimbetica Blues when um, it becomes more widely available. Uh, Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Um, oh, thank you. It's, I really appreciate the discussion. It's great. Thank you. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing some of your other films now and, you know, the Dogs of Democracy and then anything in the future. 
Um, yeah. I'll definitely be looking for your work. So thank you. Oh, great. So well, there's another one. There's another one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll take a couple of years, I think two or three years, but yeah. Great. Well, we'll, we'll wait. Yeah. I'll have you back on when that one's up. So th yeah. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. And hey. I'll, yeah, and I'll send you stuff across now. Please yeah. do. And then I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll send you an email with, um, when I'm planning on putting, putting this one up and, Perfect. um, Great. Thank you so much. This was, yeah, I'm so glad we got to connect. Yeah, so am I. Thank you. Okay, See you later. Bye.